Well, hello everyone. Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and as always, this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. Another day, another week upon us as we all get ready to celebrate Christmas and the holiday season in a couple of weeks. And you're getting to that time of the year now where you're going to start hearing more of the, the end of the year capstone type shows the retrospectives on the year that was and don't worry we'll have plenty of that here on talk of the town and Claire hometown media we'll have a, a blog post that'll go out uh, next week we'll we'll discuss some of the big things that happen in the area the major players in the area we'll do all of that in due time and and what have you but it is being a sports fan there's a lot of great times of the year Th- this though from a non-sports perspective, is maybe my favorite time of the year because you got the holidays and you got the lights and you've got the energy and the excitement. And you, you look at this holiday season compared to last holiday season and it, it just adds even more excitement, even if there is some reasons for some pessimism with what might be around the corner. Right now, you're excited about the holiday season and look at what we've got with the weather we're of course recording this on tuesday live for some of you that remember to the tune in live and if you tuned in live hey good for you but we got snow coming down we're gonna have snow coming down in the next few days in fact there's the first hint of a winter storm for our area later on this week and and with that comes all of the accoutrements that you get when there's talk of weather, there is that sense of excitement, especially around the holiday season, because the snow makes the lights pop, and it's an excuse to stay in. But there's also the anxiety that these snowstorms bring, especially if you've got either things that you have to go out for or things you're considering going out for. For instance, my son has a hockey tournament over in Hudson on Friday, so my wife and I are already discussing the potential of them spending Friday night in Hudson depending on at least being prepared for it depending on how the the, the snow ends up flying so keep that in mind the perhaps a chance of some snow later on this week uh, we're going to talk snow in just a moment and a decision that I'm not too fond of that the Oak Claire area school district made but I'm not that surprised because Superintendent Michael Johnson pretty much made it clear he was going to ram this one through. We'll talk about that. Uh, If you have not already listened, you're one of the few. Our episode last Thursday, in which towards the end of the episode, I tell everybody about inside information we have on on a new owner of the former Mega Foods grocery store on Hastings Way, that big mammoth structure that has sat empty for a decade there is a new owner we do not know the plans for it but i know the industry or the segment of the community that has purchased it we talked about it last thursday go back and listen i found it funny and a round of applause to all of you that we are we're a podcast company now grace does an outstanding job writing some articles for us And we've got another young cub reporter joining us as well in January. 
young lady named Evelyn will start doing some news articles for us and some fun podcast pieces as well. But we are predominantly a podcast site. So I found it, in, I found it interesting that on Friday night, I got a notification that a couple people were writing comments on our Facebook post promoting the show last Thursday, upset that they, 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 they had to listen to the podcast. I don't do podcasts. I don't want to listen to the podcast. I don't, why can't you just write what it is? Why can't you just tell us what it is? Why do I have to listen to the podcast? The podcast is free. You can go and listen to it. Nothing wrong with that. But I wanted to thank all of you because nobody wrote in the comments what we talked about in the show. Now, I would not have deleted it if somebody had. I wouldn't have hit it, wouldn't have done anything like that because actually more engagement's good for Facebook and you get seen by more people and what have you. But I, I, I am also happy that people said, you know what, I'm not going to give this person the information. I also found it entertaining, though, that compared to the number of people that the Facebook post reached and the number of people that listened, and we had a lot of people that listened, but I can tell there's an awful lot of people that just will not listen to a podcast right now. They're going to come around, but they would not listen to a podcast right now. Uh, so Thursday's episode, very popular. Uh, something else that happened over the weekend, and I bring this up because I'm pleasantly surprised, pleasantly shocked at what it is. Remember we've been talking about for the last few weeks that, that talk about the giving an official name to the walk that we all take around downtown Eau Claire over the bridges, walking the rivers, downtown Eau Claire, kind of a marketing stunt, said, let's, let's officially name it. And they had all these suggestions and all that, and we talked about it. And I, I don't know whether previous things happening in the area had soured me or whatever, but I just had a feeling it was going to be one of the names I didn't like. Well, shockingly, they picked one of the names that I do like, uh, the Eau Claire River Walk. So when you walk downtown, you walk around the Pablo, you go over the bridges, you walk around Phoenix Park, you are walking the Eau Claire River Walk. I love that. I would have also accepted the Confluence River Walk, the Confluence Loop. I would have accepted those as well, but I love Eau Claire River Walk. They're going to start having some signage up, and then over time, too, it'll just automatically enter into our lexicon in this community. Events will start referencing, hey, come and take part in our 5K around the Eau Claire River Walk. Is the Eau Claire River Walk akin, a cousin to the San Antonio River Walk? Absolutely not. Look at the, if you haven't been to San Antonio, take a look on Google at, the, at that River Walk. This isn't like that. But it's still a cool name. It's simple. It's concise. It is something that is you can only have the Eau Claire River Walk in Eau Claire, which I like. It's ours. They announced that on Saturday night, part of the weekend of festivities we had in the Chippewa Valley for the holidays. Um, Friday night, they had a parade in fireworks downtown. Saturday, they had the event at Haymarket Plaza 
outside Pablo Center, in which they named this, and they had other things, horse-drawn carriage rides. Saturday night, there was the parade in Chippewa Falls, and we talked about it last week. I'm happy that there was no discussion at all locally of canceling those parades. I thought it was a very knee-jerk decision by some other communities. Tragic, I mean, deeply, we talked about it on Thursday. You can go back through as deeply tragic as the incident was in Waukesha. As painful as it is, as sickening as as that was, I I I I do not understand why you would cancel a parade unless you had specific information and the 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 communities that canceled their parade did it more out of solidarity to Waukesha. Uh, it didn't make sense there, uh, so I'm happy in our area we did not make any knee jerk things and the parades went off without any issue. Uh, Chippewa Falls did their parade last year, didn't they? I know Eau Claire didn't do anything. Did Chippewa Falls do theirs? I think they did, but even if they did, it was muted last year. This year, obviously not muted. So I talked about the beginning of the show, snow. Oakhurst School Board got together this week and made official something that they'd been talking about for a while. And we understand it. And I don't want to sound like old man yelling at the clouds, but this is one of those things that I, I think... It's sort of like summer school. You can make, it's hard to make logical arguments for summer school. It's hard to make logical arguments. There's a lot of facts and numbers that would tell you that summer, that, that you shouldn't have summer school. There's a lot of facts and numbers that say you should have summer school. There's a lot of data that says summer vacation is not that good, all that sort of thing. And then you just start going with, what does your gut tell you? Your gut tells you if summer vacation is a good thing. You learn things. You might not be able to quantify it, but you'll learn things and experiences and all of that, and it's one of those things that makes life worth living. It's sort of the same thing that I've got when it comes to snow days. So Eau Claire School District is officially going to do just two snow days this year. Two. Usually it's five or six. They're going to do two snow days that are snow days like you and I remember them in which it's a snow day, no school. After two snow days, if they cannot have in-person classes because of the weather, it will become a virtual day, something that is done in some other districts, particularly out east. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I prefer a more amendable policy, which I'll explain. I haven't liked it when we started hearing this discussed. I don't like it now. I don't like it for a few reasons. One, yes, you can throw all the numbers and the data that having snow days is not good for the educational arc. I get that. I understand that. But there is a, there is one of those, again, non-quantifiable things about a snow day. Just relaxing. Almost a forced day off. That we, go, that we could all use, by the way. We could all use the occasional forced day off. Because sometimes those we're told not to come into work. We keep plugging away. I'm doing this show right now. I can only see out of one eye. I'm only going to be able to see out of one eye, by the way, for a while. My left eye's got a, some type of bacterial infection. The, the, the cornea is being eaten by bacteria. I mean, some, some really gross thing my doctor was talking about when I went to a meeting today. It's going to be fine, but... 
I can only see out of one eye right now. Hence the reason, if you're watching on the video, I've got the glasses on. You're going to see uh, astute librarian Scott for a while with the glasses. But I, I like the idea of the snow day. The other reason I don't like it is you're not set up for virtual. You're not set up for virtual. By what I mean, I'm not talking from a technology standpoint. And there's issues with technology for some households, obviously. But from a technology standpoint, you're, you're probably fine. The issue is the pattern of a staying at home and doing it. I mean, it sounds weird, but it takes time to fall into that routine. And it doesn't matter whether you let people know the previous night at 7 o'clock or you let them know that day at 5 a.m. It's not quick to just snap the fingers and you're going to have a very productive day. It almost seems like it's one of those things that you do just to say we had a school day. Well, we had a school day. We, we, you're not going to get a lot done. You're not going to be able to accomplish a lot of things. Teachers have not prepped for a virtual day like that when they've mapped out two weeks in advance, sometimes a month in advance. They may reconfigure things and they'll get something done that day, but you're almost just having a day for the sake of having it. I do not like this policy. As I've said, though, I'd be open to virtual if you got caught in a situation like we got caught in three years ago where it felt like kids were out of school from the middle of January until the middle of February because we had a streak of very cold weather, which I'm going to get to in a moment, streak of very cold weather, and then we had all the snow. And part of that issue a couple of years ago was they hadn't used any snow days. It was towards the end of January and then they started banging school days based off of forecasts in which they could have easily have gone to school the next day. The forecast didn't play itself out. And then when we actually really got snow, they had to bang school for those days and they got caught up. It's an issue I'm worried about with this virtual because now that you're so apt to want to tell people the night before. You get caught too many times now trying to play it safe, if you will. Oh, we'll, we'll cancel school the next day. We'll post, we'll snow day tomorrow because there's a good chance we're going to have snow. And then what do you do when you don't have snow? You can't reverse the decision. People will say, Scott, well, what about daycare? What about people that have to make plans? I, I'm empathetic to everybody that's got issues with scheduling. But I always go back to this. My wife and I have no family in this town. We're not from the area. We have no family in this town. We have one in-home daycare lady that we can put our kids at, and it's not cheap, and it's not good for our budget. But we'll sometimes do that. But there's a lot of people out there have a much better setup than we do. We're able to make it work. A lot of other people can make it work. One other thing, too, that came up at that uh, school board meeting on Monday night, a parent did ask uh, but did not receive any answer 
as to whether the district will update its quarantine policy now that vaccines are out there for kids. Uh, we'll have to wait on that. Uh, I have told you all, I will stand by it. We get to January, and there's no discussion of updating the mask policy at the Eau Claire School District. I will begin hammering away. Yes, you've got the Omicron variant. It's a new variable that is out there. But we're at the point right now where, what do I like to say, is the juice worth the squeeze? And here it's not. Here it's not. There's always going to be a variant. There's always going to be something out there. There's always going to be case numbers. I've heard a, a virologist just today said, you know, we're entering the endemic stage of, the pan- of COVID, meaning it's, it's always going to be here. The numbers aren't great right now. They're, they're really high, but not the sound... You know, because again, I go both ways. You guys have all know this. A lot of the cases, as this one person said, a lot of cases are somebody tests positive that otherwise would not even have known they tested positive, and they're fine in two days. Of these whole numbers, it's not like a hundred thousand people are in the hospital right now. It's not like it was a year ago. There are pockets, he said, and there's a good chance there's always going to be pockets for about two to three more years. But yeah, when it comes to masks in the school, if you're going to say, hey, it's, it's good to have masks in the school and all that, all right, then we got to mask up everywhere. we we got to be masked everywhere then. And that's not going to happen. So, so take the masks off in the schools. Now that vaccinations are becoming more and more. My kids uh, just today are getting their second vaccine, vaccination. Wind down the show with a couple of really good things here. We, we didn't start the show off with this. I thought there was great coverage about it yesterday. Uh, there'll be more patting on the back and more uh, victory laps to come in the next couple of years. Uh, but the Sonnentag Center, another big step forward. The, the news yesterday, I take it for granted. I, I've known for, yeah, I got the, you know. I've known for a while that the, the thing's going to start being built in April. And in fact, if you had all listened to Banker with a Beer, presented by Northwestern Bank, when we had Chancellor Jim on a month ago, he said it was going to be groundbreaking in April and all of that. And he also told us off the air about the, the gift that was coming from, the, from John and Carolyn's uh, Sonnentag. The big thing about the Sonnentag Center that I want everybody to take from that news yesterday, not just that it's going to be built, that you're going to start seeing a lot of activity around there on Menominee Street in the spring. $70 million that they are donating. $70 million. They're not from the area. They graduated from UW-Eau Claire, but they're not from the area, do not live in the area, don't have any kids or grandkids that are attached to the school. They're going to have their name on the building, but $70 million that they have given our community. And if your first thought is bitching and complaining about what they gave the money to, or if your first thought is outside of comically, man, I wish I had $70 million. If you legitimately start thinking, oh, you know, like you start thinking they're evil because they've got that kind of money to donate, then you've got problems. Then you've got problems. Look at it for what it is. They have John and Carolyn Sonnentag. 
with seven, giving $70 million worth of a $100 million project. So they've given 70% of it. They are solving an issue our community has had for 70 years in terms of having arenas and event spaces. There's a lot, there, there, are, there are some big players in this town that did not do it over the years. They even come close. And this husband and wife combo, whose only connection to the town is that they went to the university, gave that money. Outstanding. And if you don't say a silent prayer, or when you get a chance to ever come up to them face to face and thank them, you're, not do, you're, you're, you're doing the community dirty. Treat these people with the utmost respect. $70 million they gave to our area. $70 million. You may not be happy with what... No, oh, for $70 million, you could have bought the scholarships of XYZ. You, yes. They could have bought a bunch of scholarships. Absolutely. But that's not to say we don't need this facility. We absolutely need this facility. We've established that we need this facility. And without their donation, this facility, one, probably doesn't happen at all. Two, if it happens, that's on a much, much limited scale. I'm going to tell you right now, the difference between this building at about $50 million, which is what it was going to be at, to now a $100 million building, big difference. And you are all going to be very beneficial. You guys are all going to be very happy when you see this place open up in a couple of years. Uh, the Sonnentag Center. Outstanding. So they'll start building that in a few months. There'll be an official groundbreaking in late April. They're going to start actually doing work as soon as they can, maybe as early as late February, early March, but they'll have the gold-plated shovel groundbreaking in April for that. I did like, by the way, the honesty from John and Carolyn Sonnentag, who announced this project in 2014. They pretty much said, hey, we, we, we like, like, you could almost tell when they were talking yesterday with smiles in their face, like they're like, shoot, like we want to open this thing before we die. Like, Car Car Carolyn Sonatay almost flatly said that. She said, hey, you know, we're not getting any younger here. We want to open this thing soon. You know, you can fill in the blank that the joke in her head is, we want to open this thing before we die. And they were probably told, hey, we got to get this thing. We got to get this thing done before too long here. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's write the old check and get the thing finished. <laughs> uh, one other thing here, too, before we... Uh, Bid adios for today. Uh, we have put a photo up on our Facebook page for it. A big sporting event up in Chippewa Falls on Monday night. Team USA, the United States women's national team, the U.S. women's national hockey team, the, the, the players and all, came up, played the Chippewa Steel. They're their number one unit, their number one goalie, their coaches, full-on thing. They brought, I mean, they... This was not a promotional gimmick for them. For them, this was very much a real game as they get ready for the Olympics. Great crowd, crowd of more than 1,100 at the Chippewa Ice Arena. Steele ended up beating Team USA. Take it for what it is, 19, 20-year-old boys beating arguably the best women's hockey team in the world, women that are 28, 29, 30. I don't want to get into that. The, the do not look at women's hockey as being a lesser product because of it is a bit of an eye-opener maybe to the to the separation that kind of caught me off of guard a little bit there. But 
What an event for our area. A once-in-a-lifetime event, and it was great to see all of the youth hockey players, all of the young ladies who were there yesterday looking at these women and what they were doing. It was just a great deal of fun. And one of those things that, as we talked about for for a week leading up to it, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. That, that, that opportunity is not going to come back here. I mean, what a special moment. And I think it's kind of cool that a local boy, you know, the, the Chippewa Steel haven't had a lot of local players in their team in the four years they've been in existence. But this Joe Kelly that the Steel have this year is very good. He gets a hat trick in one of the arguably biggest nights in local hockey history. It's a local boy that gets a hat trick. So a great event on Monday night and another highlight to this area's sporting history and for the people that were there, uh, an event they will not forget. And for the people that were not there, hey, I can't wait to hear the excuses uh, over that. If you at all fancy yourself to be at all, you know, here's the thing. If you're a sports fan at all, you should have been there. If you're a person who likes watching the Olympics, you should have been there. It gave you all the feels. When you saw Team USA come out and they were in their jerseys with the USA on it, it it, it gave old Scotty the feels, I'll tell you that. Well, we're back on Thursday. It'll be a a taped issue of the program on Thursday. That'll drop on Thursday, but no video on Thursday. Then we'll have all shows next week, and we'll have a show, too, on December 21st. December 21st. Tuesday, December 21st will be our last show of this calendar year. Uh, That'll do it for today's edition. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long everybody.